are black. Shantae, you stay. You may join the other girls. James Mansfield, we're all rooting for you. Now, sachet away. Thank you. I came in first. <laughs> That didn't quite go exactly as I hoped it would. I wasn't fully representing myself, and that's my fault. But underneath all this glamorous drag, I'm still a human being, so be kind. Well, you know, I guess spoiler alert, everybody. James Mansfield went home first. It's very sad. It's very sad. I mean, we kind of talked, talked about it last week. We kind of called it. Um, and so... I think, like, the reason, you know, we talked about, like, what's the what's our clip of the week going to be? And I think why this is such a good clip of the week is it really, it's what she says about, like, underneath all this glamorous drag, uh, I, you know, I'm still a human being, so be kind. And I just think there's something about, not just this, I mean, this episode as well, but there's this theme with RuPaul lately I've been hearing on What's the Tea about kindness. Mm. He keeps talking about, you know, he, he looks for kindness, he's drawn to kindness, and, and he likes kind people, and... There's something about that. I mean, I'm sure that's always been true about RuPaul, but I think there's something about that now in 2017 that feels significant that it's coming up so often. Right, know? right. And I think it it's echoed also in a lot of his discussion um, about Twitter and yeah. how people are treating drag queens and celebrities on, and even RuPaul and Michelle on Twitter uh, in this era of millennials in this era of internet trolling and mm -hmm. just this anonymity that comes with the internet. Right, right. So, you know, we, we heard this, I think it was in, I think it was Thorgy Thor when she left. I think she said, you know, she said, be kind as well. You know, that we're, this is harder than it looks. Right, right. Uh, so be kind. And it all of it really does feel responsive, of course, to that, to the nastiness of social media, to what has come in with newer audiences that are, I don't know. I don't know what it is if, because it isn't always necessarily just age, but it's so interesting that maybe it's just a product of the fact that there's more social media activity around the show that it it's kind of opened the floodgates to all kinds of responses. Well, and there's a lot of young people that watch it. I mean, it's certainly not like parents watching this show. Right. right. Um, I feel like it it begs itself. It, 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 it fuels itself through social media, through Reddit, through people seeing clips and GIFs mm -hmm. and, and kind of in a way gawking at what's going on it is reality shows right mm -hmm. so in that sense like there is this sense of exploitation right so there's this lack of power there's this power dynamic that's created between the queens on the show and the people watching it right right a voyeur always has more power totally totally because you could just i mean you could argue against that but in in the general sense in the classic sense of voyeurism mm -hmm. and what reality shows kind of are right you know there's that that lack of power right right and i i think you know it's it's a theme that maybe not tied correctly, but it's in, you know, or directly to it. But it's a it's a theme that I think was running through this episode as well of kindness. I feel like there were a lot of moments, and we'll get into it. I mean, you know, Nina choosing James, uh, you know, because she she cared about you know choosing the underdog. And did you see that bonus clip? No. Oh my god! So the bonus clip is Nina talking to James and being like, "Hey, I just want to check in on you. Like, how are you doing?" Right. And James is kind of like. Why does everybody keep feeling like they need to check in with me? Like, right. What's going on? Like, there was do I lot. look that bad? And then, yeah. and then there were other queens. I think it was 
who was it in the clip? Maybe it was Pheromone or Shekule. It was Shekule mm-hmm. who said, I just don't think James is self-aware enough to see what he's putting out and what he's projecting mm-hmm. because he doesn't have a video camera. Right. He didn't say this, but he doesn't have a video camera to, to watch the footage later. Right. And I think somebody mentioned this maybe on the subreddit that, you know, it, it really says something that a queen like James, a queen like even Charlie Hydes, but more so a queen like James, who did not come up in drag as a performer at clubs in front of audiences. Right. Like she's a vlogging, a vlogging queen. Yeah, so. a vlogger. And so it's there's something about that as well that she can't mm. watch the footage she can't edit it i mean you watch james's videos they're hyper edited oh my god yeah they're fabulous they're, they're fabulous <laughs> oh they're great but it really says a lot and that idea of checking in that's such a theme in this episode checking in on cynthia checking in on mm. charlie and untucked like there's an aggressive amount of checking in going on in this episode <laughs> and i have to some... check yourself before you wreck yourself absolutely and and some of or it what is it what is the quote from real housewives oh uh, i don't know you better watch yourself before you get checked who go check me boo i don't know that quote <laughs> it's she by charade oh yeah no that's news to me <laughs> sorry um so it's it's a running theme and of course and we'll get into it more but i we we see some really beautiful kindness from sasha valore oh my god oh the you best know, she she wasn't even in this episode that often. No. But we should, we'll, we'll definitely talk about her later. Yeah. Uh, there are two instances, right? One in Untucked mm-hmm. and one during the show. Yep. That's what my notes uh, are. Yeah. Oh yeah. She really, I mean, I am, we'll get into her, but I, I'm really excited to finally get the spotlight on Sasha. I just think she. And, and this, this episode didn't even like merit her getting a spotlight in that sense. No. You know? So I'm, I, yeah, I'm happy that we're kind of finding the cracks or mm-hmm. should I say it? The nuance. Oh my god. Oh, I am so excited. Cracking open the wine now. <laughs> the whiskey, forget it. This is a moment of celebration. Well, Colin, I have to ask you, what are our new listeners listening to? Our new and old Marys are of course listening to another episode of All Right Mary. All Right Mary. All Right Mary, all which right. is our podcast dedicated to all things drag race, the world of drag race and the paradigm that RuPaul has created with this little TV show. And we are now, if our our long term Marys yeah. know that we are a bi coastal show, mm-hmm. uh, at least for the next couple months. Sure. I've been living in Sacramento. You live in Brooklyn. Right. Uh, I'm of course moving to Brooklyn in a couple of months, <gasps> and in the moment, I am in Brooklyn. Oh, you are. I am sitting across the table from you. <laughs> we are sitting. We're sitting like two feet away from two each other. Two feet away. It's... And I think the last time I saw you in person, we went to go see the color purple. Yes, when it like first opened. When it first opened with Cynthia Revo and Jay Hood. Yeah. And we cried our eyes out. Oh. And we stood up in the middle of oh. I'm here and And it was like, does this happen every time? Yeah. Because I think I knew Oh, you knew the stage manager. I knew the stage manager and I was like, Does that happen every time? And he's like, Yeah, it happens every time. <laughs> and it was like But ours was special still. Because ours was early on. Ours was like really early in the run. So I feel like Cynthia Revo was like, Oh, is this a thing we're gonna do now? She was bawling her eyes oh, out. Oh god, she earned it. Oh my god. And and now during our, our current reunion in New York City, we saw another fabulous show on Broadway. We did. We went to go see The Glass Menagerie. Oh, with Sally the, Fields. Sally Fields, yeah. Sally Fields. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ryan and Gosling's Ryan and Sally Fields. Sally Fields. It was, uh, you know, and we were, because before we started recording, we were like, oh, you know, I said, I want to mention that we saw The Glass Menagerie because Sally Field was doing fucking drag yeah. in that show. Oh, there's no question. So if anybody is familiar with The Glass Menagerie, uh, it's the, the moment we she started doing drag for me mm-hmm. was towards the end of the play when the gentleman caller, Jim, comes. Yep. And she takes off her robe and reveals 
this dress that let me tell you it was as if Lil Pound Cake made this dress yeah absolutely I mean and it was a fucking reveal yes it was a reveal, was a reveal. she ripped off the robe and everything came pouring out this huge pink frou-frou dress yep. and the hair came took down took the hair down it was a total drag moment it was it people was, clapped and yeah. laughed it was so ridiculous it was over the top it was fabulous I mean it was like cut to the gif of of RuPaul and Michelle and Roxy took her wig off yes 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 yeah. that was us yeah that that was us. us. That was us. <laughs> that was us in the fifth row. Yeah. Just... <laughs> because, you know, Sally Field, you got to get nice seats. Yeah, because so. you got to catch that nuance, Mama. Yeah, yeah. And it's a play, so it's a little cheaper if it's a play. Right, right. Than a musical. Yeah. It was – so it's been, a, it's been a great reunion. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, it's interesting um, to, to stand, sit here and talk to you yeah. uh, in person for the first time. It almost feels – it feels a little foreign. It's taking – it's going to take me a few minutes. Yeah. Like, so if, if anybody a... notices anything different, it's because, like, we actually are in very close proximity to each other. Yeah. And, and not that we haven't – like, we, we have sat in close proximity and talked. Oh, sure. We watched the show. We watched, we watched this episode together. We got to watch this episode together, yeah, which was a lot Yeah, you came of over fun. for breakfast. Yeah. And we watched it <laughs> and snapped and – Teared up, and there was so much. Oh yeah, I definitely for an episode up. that like let's just let's just put it out there, please. Not a great Terrible. episode. The people have <laughs> spoken. We've heard it on Twitter. We've gotten emails. Lots of reasons. Reddit to, has yeah. has also corroborated this. This was, you know, God, it, it it was a problematic episode. Yeah, the reviews have been saying it, and we'll get into it, you know, as, as we get in. But like, it was it was a lot of fun to watch it together. But yeah. It was still. I. I wish. I wish we at least had a better lip sync. Oh my god! Like it was just like boom. I mean, the and there was no. Okay. There was. And you know what? It's interesting. I. I. I felt this during the episode, and then I was reading in the Twitter sphere about it. But there was a lack of tension built throughout the episode. Like we all knew who was going home, and I know that it's not because we're brilliant. Okay. Well, I mean. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um, no, it's that's not. It's not because we're looking for that stuff. It normally, you know, I've I've always been kind of keen to seeing editing, but this episode in particular, like, it was like, okay, James is going home, oh, or I, James is going to be in the bottom, and Kamora is going to be in the bottom. It was almost so obvious that I thought, well, maybe this is a red herring. Yeah, but they didn't even focus on one whole group. No, yeah, that's right. Cynthia's they, oh. group, we didn't even like really see. Yeah. So it was all surrounded by James and. I, yeah, I just felt like there was something, something weird happened. Like, even during the challenge, I wasn't able to focus on one queen or two queens. Right. Sometimes I couldn't really tell who was who. There, it was all live kind of yelling or cheering. So right. there was nothing lip sunk. Right. And I think that the producers or the camera crew didn't really know how to shoot this properly. It was a mess. I mean, it was such a, like... The editing was weird. I couldn't tell one queen from the other. Like, okay, I knew that was Eureka. All right, well, right. you know. She... That was a great moment, by and the way. And it was a great moment. Oh. It was a great, I mean, that was like, okay. Beast. Beast. <laughs> she, she really, I mean, she stood out with that moment. And Shake Lay kind of stood out. She had some great moments. Oh, my God. But, I mean, there was there was one move. I think it was I think it was Aja and, and um, Sasha. And I had to, like, the, it was by the third time I watched the episode, I was I like, oh, that Sasha. was Sasha. That was Asha. I didn't even see Sasha. I didn't really see uh, Asia. The only time I saw, or Asha, Asha. Um, the only really, the only time I saw Alexis is when it cl- cut to Alexis, and then Colin turned to me and he went, safe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was just like, Alexis, safe. Yeah, because, I mean, 
like you're watching it and it's like you know we, we watch these challenges i mean it's that thing of like you're evaluating as it's happening you're trying to like especially if you've got favorites you know like oh i'm looking for sasha i'm looking for Ajah. making sure they're fine making yeah. sure they're going to be safe and this one, I was just like, uh, I don't even know. I mean, it's so interesting. The the whole opening, all the lines were that they had to practice, really, were these, hi, I'm this. That yeah. was it. And then they never did anything with those characters right, again. Right, right. The characters had nothing to do with it again. Yeah. So I didn't understand. And, you know, this challenge, I think we can relate it to Glamazonian Airways. Yes, yes. Um, it, it would, you know what? I will say this. The uh, choreographer of this episode is Dom Paralang. Palangi or something uh, like that. We should find that out. Yeah. Um, no, so, but, uh, and it's important to note that he is actually, oh, it's Palange. Or Palange. Palang. Palangi. Um, Palangi. <laughs> He's actually married to Travis Wall. Yeah. Who did the choreography, well, for So You Think You Can Dance. Mm -hmm. But um, for the All-Star Supergroups. The right. The one uh, with the realness video. Mm -hmm. the, uh, oh, which was beautiful choreography oh yeah with yeah. katya uh -huh. and doing those splits and things oh yeah. my god so anyway I, I it's i would be tempted to kind of relate it to that but it's really not this at all it's, no. a, it's a group challenge there's lots of queens so it's more like glamazonian airways and glamazonian airways not only was produced well and cut together and spliced together well right I mean, right. it was really well it done. It was so good. And it was on the runway, which I loved. Yeah. Right? We didn't have to go to this other space. Yeah. And there were there was, like, they didn't really have to think about costumes too much. Right. Um, there was, it was more a focus on drag and a more focus on what artistry and individuality they were going to bring to it. Right. Whereas character. this challenge was all about how can you do under this pressure. Right. And can you tumble. Right. And it's like... That to me. I'm not going to blame James Mansfield. No. For not being able to tumble. Granted, she should be smiling like Valentina the whole time. Right. But like, these are. Is not, that it? Yeah. These don't feel like drag skills. These don't feel like things I ask for from my queens. You know right. what I mean? And like the only justification, and it's it felt so shoehorned in was RuPaul saying, "Well, when I was growing up, I really wanted to be a cheerleader." I'm like. Okay, I don't even know if that's true. But... I wanted them to reference, but I'm a cheerleader so bad. Which Ru was in, right? I think, I think she was. Oh, I'm Look that, that up. up. Um, it just, it, yeah, I agree. I think the other thing about the difference between something like Glamazonian Airways, which I think is such a fabulous challenge. I mean, the only the only sad part being that Katya really kind of, you know, shit the bed in that challenge. But whatever. Yeah. Uh, but she kept going. Paul is... She was in it? Yeah. Yeah. Was in it. But I think what was a, an important distinction between something like Glamazonian Airways and a challenge like this is there was featured moments with each queen. We got to see the name of the queen. Like, you you know what I mean? Like, we were... And this was that was early on. That was the second episode. So we got a chance to kind of be reminded of who was who. We got to see them each kind of do their part. There was not, you know, except for at the end, they weren't all on stage. And at the end, it was fine because I was like, yeah, let's do that, you know, let's do that group choreography. Sure. Whereas the group choreography in this, oh my God. it was like some people were on this beat, some people were on that beat. Well, that's like cheer stuff. But it was like, it, 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 it was like the group dancing part where I thought, oh, you guys all should have been jumping at the same moment. And oh, you're not. Oh, sure. Right. And that's true. Yeah. And that, it was so... Yeah, I, I just... The best part about this Queer Cheer Challenge was Roth, Ross Matthews' introduction. Fabulous. He's so... <laughs> you know, and what's funny about Ross Matthews, and why it's... And I'm assuming this is a this is a, a throwback to this, is that Ross Matthews, when he was the... Uh, Ross, the intern on Jay Leno's show, he went to the Olympics, and he was, like, kind of the, the Olympics correspondent 
for the Tonight Show. Oh. And he was, and that was kind of part of how Ross came to Oh, fame. right, right, right. No, I knew that. I knew that. Yeah. yeah. I listened to the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. So I, I love... the intern. Yeah. So yeah. I love that this was like a throwback to that in a way. Yeah. Ross Matthews is such a fabulous judge. Yeah. He's so... I mean, I, I know that Michelle Visage is, uh, she's controversial on our sister podcast. Uh, uh, I almost said all right, Amanda. Identity crisis. Squirrel Friends Cocktail Hour. Cocktail Hour, yeah. But uh, I, I love Michelle Visage yeah. as a judge for mm-hmm. drama, yeah. to keep tension build, yeah. to put pressure on queens. It makes for TV. We can't blame the character that she's playing yeah. because she is playing a character. She's going hard as a judge. It's like when Simon Cowell is being this total fucking hard ass. Right. Of course he's going to be that. That has to be his character because Paula is not going to do that. And Randy Jackson certainly wasn't going to do that. Paula doesn't know where she is half the time. <laughs> yeah. You know? She's carrying soup. She's just stirring She's some... a big cauldron of soup, carrying it onto the Carry stage. On, carefully placing it down. <laughs> Maybe a bit of a splash to one side, you know? It's like, uh, oh, there goes that Southwestern ladle. chili. Yeah. <laughs> You know, special today is uh, cortisone. Sorry. <laughs> cortisone. Um, yeah, I, you know, I actually, and I really, actually really enjoyed Michelle in this episode. There was something about her tone, and this goes back to what we were talking about with kindness. There was a oh, measured sure. tone to how she, especially she how she knew. spoke to James, um, and how she spoke to, like, Valentina. I mean, about, like, the nude shoes and all that. There was something about Michelle that I really... It was just a different version of the Michelle character, of the mean auntie, yeah. or the tough auntie. You know, oh, like tough aunt. I, I really, in, I really, yeah, I really enjoy her. But equally, the importance of Ross Matthews. He's such a fabulous addition to this show, and and such a great voice. And while he's not sort of connected to the world of drag the way Michelle is, his feedback and his critiques are always so good. Yeah. And a lot of it is really, it's less about him critiquing their uh what they're doing or they're you know like giving them like really technical stuff and it's really more about like encouragement and advice mm. you know like there's this sense of like he's he's i don't know he's supporting them in a way i always feel like ross he makes an effort to make sure that he's never too hard on them he kind of does like the the shit sandwich where he says something nice and yeah. something tough but then something nice right you know right um but we're jumping around uh i think that we should Start with the beginning of the episode, which is, of course, the return of Cynthia Lee Fontaine. Yeah. I can't say I was surprised. I don't think anybody was. Sure, sure. Um, I, what do you think? What do you think about Cynthia coming back? What are your feelings? So, you know, Cynthia is certainly not an all-stars queen. Yeah. Okay? Mm -hmm. She's not an all-stars queen, but there was something about her that made good TV. She has great. She gives great face. She's very funny. She's uh, catchphrase. Yeah, she has the catchphrase. I think there's a again. There's a level of kindness to her. Yeah. I wonder if her return had. A, I don't think it had everything to do with her liver cancer. Yeah, you know that's a really good question. Is why did Cynthia come back? I mean, we think about a queen like Shangela. I kind of know why she came back. If you but, watch, yeah, if you watch the first episode of season two, Shangela is aesthetically rough. But personality-wise, she she was, like, such good TV. Right. She had all this potential that it made sense to me when she came back. Right. So so I think Cynthia's good TV, and I'll t- piggyback that on for just a second yeah. uh, later. But um, I think she's good TV, and I think she's back because she 
the last time we saw her on season eight, the only stick-out moment besides Cuckoo was, I'm a strong gay woman, yeah. which we talked about. Yeah. It was a fine moment. I thought it was really funny. It was funny, and yeah. it worked. Yeah. Anyway, so it could be just an idea of like, okay, a queen gone too soon that we could bring back and can get a little bit more exposure. Right. Just right. because maybe she deserves it, but she's not a comedy or uh, an all-stars queen, like Thorgy Thor. Right. Thorgy I... Thor should not come back. To a regular season. Absolutely. She's an all-star. That's a good point. That's a very good point. So you have to think like, okay, they wanted a twist. Right. And maybe Rue and World of Wonder really liked the relationship with Cynthia. There was maybe something there that they wanted to keep going. Yeah. I also, um, just to piggyback on, on her though as good TV, if she continues with the hashtag cuckoo. Oh God. It's going to get very old, very fast. It got really old really fast already. By the end of this episode, I was just like, I think actually on Reddit, I think they counted, she said it like 13 times. Okay, that's a lot. Between like the episode and the untucked. It's just like... Yes. I mean, not for nothing, the the best... (laughs) The best quote was... Uh, hallelujah, my pussy and my cuckoo's burning. <laughs> yeah. There were, and there was another one where she was like, she made some kind of face. We were like, oh, we were like, we have to make a gif of this. I can't remember what it was. It was oh, oh, yeah, yeah. That, I, I remember what you're talking yeah, about. It was that yeah. face. It was that face, yeah. yeah. With the lips. Uh, it, it, you know, it's, I remember when she first, you know, came out, came in and entered in, in season eight. And even then she was doing the cuckoo thing. I got to make space for my cuckoo. And, the, right. and it was just like, okay. I, I'm kind of feeling like, it's already played out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like to do it once or twice was fine, but like it's getting to be a little bit much and I'm and I think I'm kind of feeling like, well, what else does Cynthia really have to offer? Well, we saw her runway. It was good. It was She go- was beautiful on the runway. She looked really good. I think that she looked good, but I don't... And and she is she is I think an adult in the room in a sense. Yes. Well, okay, so the one thing I was going to say to add to that is it was so interesting because when you watch the Untucked in uh, season eight, they talk about how, like, I think it was before the um, the Bitch Perfect challenge, mm. she was, like, going around helping everybody. She w- And then they say in the Untucked in this episode, she was doing the exact same thing. They said the exact same thing, that she was going around making everybody stuff, making sure everybody had everything. Like, there's this, there's, and that's why she won Miss Congeniality, really, right. is because she just was such a good captain and such a good kind of, like, mother hen. And I'm happy to see that back. I'm happy to see that quality return. But the thing about that is we never see that. We only ever hear the queens talk about it. Yeah. So it's not this That's footage true. that we're shown of That's like, oh, true. this is what Cynthia does. Well, I will say, the uh, speaking of queens talking about Cynthia, one of the, my favorite quotes from this episode is when Sasha mm. talks about Cynthia's return oh. and says, you know – this is what drag should be about. This is this is the drag that we need right now, which mm-hmm. is someone that does drag with beauty and humor. Yeah, yeah, like when she says, and that's the drag we need. Like, yeah. And I, she is uh, she is accepting this, uh, she's in remission, she is basically entering this competition and has been living her life mm-hmm. with such beauty and such grace. Yeah. And I think, and to her point, that is that is somebody we need on TV right now. Yeah, no, I hear that, and I'm and I'm happy if that's if that's the driving force for bringing Cynthia back. I'm happy about that. Okay. Yeah, I can I can take that. I'm I'm just very curious to see what she's gonna do. Like what what more we're gonna see. Like I mean, when's gonna be the next acting challenge? That's gonna be the question. Is we're due an acting challenge? Yeah. 
Yeah, and because Alexis Michelle is on the show. Because Alexis Michelle is on the show, and I she's need an to, actress. She's an actress. Uh, she's an actress. She is. She is. And I, it's kind. Of, and I, I would not be surprised if we're going to throw predictions out there that there's going to be an acting challenge, and it's it's going to be like Cynthia's opportunity to like redeem herself right. from failing in the last acting challenge. Right, right, right. Though I don't know if that was a failure compared to someone like Derek Barry. Uh, no question. Or Nacia Lopez. Or Nacia Lopez. I'm going to leave this apart. You can't even hang up on Skype now. I can't. I know. I can't. Ugh, right? Ugh. He's going to start air guitaring in front of me in a second. It's all going to be downhill, folks. Um, I was air guitaring last night. Yeah, I know. I even got air saxophoned at, which is like a criminal offense. All 50 states, Puerto Rico, and Guam. It was a Bruce Springsteen song, Mary. Yeah, I know. That doesn't explain anything. Um, that's just giving me nuance. So so Cynthia's back. And uh, yeah, so we'll see what happens. Speaking of comebacks, oh, you know who else showed up? Maybe not as much as we were promised. Mm. Was um, uh, Lisa Kudrow. Why was Lisa Kudrow used as the main kind of selling point for this episode she was the one that like all that clip was was marketing the episode was lisa kutro yeah oh yeah. and the b-52s will be there but right. it was like well what right when you, and you when you think about it you think about season eight when uh and it's like the drinking game i'm talking about season eight uh <laughs> but you know there's the blondie episode and they did you talk- watch season eight you know what <laughs> i think i did i believe i binged it not long ago uh but you know, it, it, you kind of, I mean, not that Blondie and the B-52s are, are the same, but there's a, there's a similar sense of, like, this is maybe, maybe millennials now are not as familiar with the B-52s or Blondie as an older audience. But it, I guess they didn't have some, you know, Friends TV star they could bring in to, like, you know, bolster the episode with Blondie. But, you know, what, I, I, I just don't understand why they couldn't highlight the B-52s being on the show the same way they did Blondie. Yeah, like, and, and who knows, maybe it's because, you know, it's VH1 is marketing the show? Maybe. I mean, that's I, I think that's a, a big question we have a lot is, like, how much is them on the show being on VH1, how much is that affecting what we're seeing, right. including the editing? I mean, right. one thing we talked about last night was, like, because that's been... Well, I, the, did do, I did do research on that. So oh, one did. thing we talked about last night was... Are these episodes shorter because it's on VH1 because there's more commercials? Right. And it's by like a minute. Okay. It's nothing. It's right. minuscule. So I don't think that that has anything to do with it. Yeah. I, and I, I, we, we talked about this. We're pretty sure that the show is already edited. It's all in the can. Yeah, it's yeah. all in the can. So yeah. it's, they're not editing it for VH1. Right. It's like World of Wonders, like, oh, we'll, and we'll talk about this later. World of Wonders, like, here, here's the show. Right. right. And then I think VH1 is like, okay, we'll market it. We'll we'll do this from now. You right. Know? But the product's done. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So so obviously, you know, our, our long-term Marys know, and our new Marys will soon discover, uh, that we are big fans of the comeback. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. Jane? Jane? Jane, uh, I, and all I wanted was that. All I wanted, you know, and I, I'm going to go on a tangent about Jane for a second. Bear with me. I thought about this this morning, and I didn't want to leave it out. Because some of my favorite quotes from the comeback are really Valerie calling to Jane. Like, Jane, can you get him? Like, those are really, like, there's something about the Jane-Valerie relationship that I'm so into. And I figured out what I love about it so much. Jane is so important to Valerie because Jane's job is to give Valerie her undivided attention. Right. And that, like, that Jane is so important to Valerie because Jane's whole job is to watch her and pay attention to her and make her the star Mm. the whole time. And make her look good. Essentially, it will be her 
to make her look good, which is not the case, right? In yeah. editing, they do everything. Right, and that we see that in the yeah. comeback, that they right. totally skew it. So I just, I wanted to mention that because, you know, we, we've talked about the comeback a ton in the past. We had a whole segment about it a few episodes ago. Sure. And it just came to me this morning. I was like, that's what the deal is with Jane. That's why Jane's so important, is that she is... She's exactly what Valerie wants, mm. is somebody who is always making her the star and always paying attention to her and always including her. Right. She's not that girl on the sidelines of the field hockey. Ugh. I know, I know. So I don't want to go too too deep into the comeback, but if that gives you a sense of how much we love the comeback, this is how we talk about Yeah, and it was, it was disappointing. You know, I know that some of our Marys uh, were wondering how we were going to react yeah. to the lack of Lisa Kudrow on this episode. And yeah, I was... I was disappointed, but I was also kind of like, well, I got that bite at least. Like yeah. at least I got to see her. I, I also we also got the validation that RuPaul got hello 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 from fucking Lisa Kudrow's character. Yeah. So like it was like okay win. Right. Right. Totally. Like I'll take what I can get. Yeah. It was just it was like when and, you know they have to pay her. So I wonder if she did that for free. Well, you know he says that he ran into her on the lot, and I'm like. Is this just one of those, like, well, I ran into her on the lot. I'm like, all right. You know, is this, like, stories from Paramount? Like, what's this bullshit? Um, it was – so anyway, I really – and I guess I didn't even understand. They could have tied it into, like, you know, having a queen come back. Well, now we've got the comeback queen. Like, there was right, no play on right. that. You're right, Colin. Right? They never – did you read that somewhere? No, I'm just I'm just That's pulling a really a, great point. I'm just pulling a Darian Lake. Come on, you got to be a producer on this show. I, I, anybody listening? Uh, <laughs> crickets. Uh, crickets. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll insert a clip of crickets later and edit. Um, and so so yes, we. I was like, when you know she did the I got it thing, but of course I saw that clip. It was a it was a preview before the episode, so I already I already saw the meat of the matter. Okay. I already saw the well. I got it and. Uh, I was happy about that. I was happy to see her channel Valerie. And, and I, don't, I don't think I saw in the clip when she said, and now I look like a fool. You like that? I like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah. I got a little bit extra. Yeah, a little extra. And then she just kind of wandered off, yeah. not even to the door. Right, right, right. I was like, where are you going, girl? <laughs> like, like she's just waiting by a workstation later. How do I get out of here? <laughs> Jane? Jane, is there a Jane? Jane? Jane. Jane. Or I, she comes back in a cupcake. cupcake oh, my God. Yeah. I mean... So, Must have cupcakes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... If we were to think about, like, what could they have done with her? What Because like, they didn't have a mini-challenge, right? And they could have. It could have been an improv thing because she's, you know. Yeah. I feel like she's she's got experience there. Right? It could have been some sort of, um, like, Kathy and Jimmy coaching them on an acting challenge. Yeah. It could have been anything like that with acting. They could have had her in another episode like that with, like, having right. with Kathy and Jimmy. That's a good point. You know? Yeah. Or, it. I mean, it also could have been... You and a, a, a drag partner need to create a pilot for a reality show. Oh God, wouldn't that be a great challenge for a drag of drag queen? Yeah. Yes, and James Mansfield would have won that challenge. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so it just it, yes, we were so disappointed. I mean, I I was like like because I think you had already watched some of the episode before right. I came you over, and so exactly. we rewatched it. Yeah. And I'm so a thirsty when bitch, right? Because you just were parched just and lapping it up. Yeah, right. And I just you know I lap self- it up, baby, yeah. lap it up. I have self control. Sorry, Heather's. Uh, and so <laughs> when she walked off, you looked at me. You're like, and that's it. She's not coming back. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess yeah. that's it's okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, so I mean. There were other things about this episode that were problematic and made it not such a great episode, but that in particular was a huge letdown. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I I guess the official All Right Mary answer to Lisa Kudrow 
our comeback queen uh returning to you know returning to tv and doing valerie cherish is well we didn't get it (laughs) (laughs) well said thank you thank you um so uh we should tell our marys uh, we want to recap this episode as best we can but instead of kind of going through it step by step which you watch the episode we get that you watch the episode we're we, we are excited to, to talk about the episode, but we're going to just kind of go and talk about the important things yeah. that happened. Yeah. Um, because we can go deep on on more things than others. And I, we understand that your time is valuable. There's lots of podcasts to listen to. Right. Uh, which we hope you do listen to all of the shade out there yeah. um, <clears throat> on this episode. Uh, so we're going to just talk about the things that we felt were kind of noteworthy and interesting and yeah. also kind of connect to... You know, this idea of kindness and this idea of what drag really is doing on this show. You know, right. I, I, that's kind of where we always kind of come from. Yeah, right. So, so um, I don't, you know, I know you kind of, you said you wanted to talk about Peppermint, but I'm wondering if we could talk about Valentina first. Sure, yeah, let's go into the Valentina story. Let's do that. So, mm-hmm. Valentina, it's revealed uh, that she has a Virgen de Guadalupe candle mm-hmm. and that she's pious and that she prays to Virgen de Guadalupe, and she considers the Virgin Mary to be her drag mother, which yeah. I'm not going to lie to you, was so emotional for me to hear that this young kid is using her own spirit to guide her. Yeah, you know, this was another thing that they showed in the previews. Uh, you know, they showed. Oh right, yes, and and. And so it was, and, and of course it's the same in the episode, but there, there's that sort of like derpy Mexican music they put on it. Oh, mariachi music, completely offensive. Yeah. What they were doing with this clip, they weren't, at, at, at once they were celebrating it, but at the same time, they were sh- like religion shaming it in a sense. Yeah. They were making her seem kind of kooky crazy. They had the talking head of Trinity like shaking her head going, you're crazy girl. That was, that, was that Trinity? Was Trinity? Oh, it was Trinity. Yeah. It was, you know... And I don't, I don't even know, to be honest, like, I don't even know if I would have noticed, like, everything, I agree with what you're saying, but I think that I, I was accepting all of this until you kind of were like, had a reaction to it, and I was like, oh, you're right, this totally could be real and meaningful. Yeah. But they're making her look like a fool. How beautiful is it? Because when you think about religion, whether you believe in God or not, mm. it is basically you're you're listening to yourself, something in yourself that's right. guiding you, right? Whenever right. you pray, mm-hmm. it's... You're not listening to God speaking. It's in your head that you would hear him speaking if you believe in that, right? Right, right. So in a sense, it's all you and it's about the self. And I feel like she is basically telling this audience, like, yeah, I don't really have a drag mother. I have myself. Yeah. And I have the the belief of my people, of my family, the things that my family has instilled in me and my own belief system to guide me. And I pray to that belief system to help me overcome challenges. Yeah. Now, isn't that... What every single person has to do right. to overcome life's shittiness? I mean, isn't that just another variation on everything RuPaul's been saying about interceptor? Exactly. You know? And and RuPaul maybe isn't tying religion to it, but he's certainly talking about spirituality right. and, and the universe and, and, and that context. And all of that stuff is, like, my interpretation of all that is that everything is just an access point to the same thing. Right. So whether you get there through Guadalupe, whether you get there through the universe, drag, whether drag whatever, like, whatever gets you to that source, yeah. you know, whatever gets you to that thing that, that reminds you that what we're doing on this planet is just, it's just drag. Right. It really is. The whole human experience is just right. drag. 
like you know the whole idea of, of spiritual beings having a human existence right. it's the epitome of what's going to connect you to your core Right. Exactly. What's your access point? All of them are valid. Yeah. You know, it's all like, it's like doors in a hallway. Which one do you go through? Right. And this is the one she goes through. And if you think about it in context of Valentina, she brings so much of her culture. She brings so much of her Mexican culture and, and Latin culture. And so much of that is tied into religion, you know, and, and her drag represents that aesthetically as well. And I just think that there's something kind of amazing that her sort of like, you know, Latin inspired drag includes these, you know, these religious values that are a part of that culture. Yeah. And I think that we don't see that in drag very often. Right. And I'm shocked that I'm speaking about Valentina so deeply because I really wrote her off when yeah, we first met her. Me but too. like, oh, I think there's something really interesting happening here. It's an interesting story. And whether they use this edit as a way to send her home later as this kooky queen, because she's very eccentric. Yes. She, I mean, Gaga, may I say something? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I was really kind of mad at Trinity and even the editors just being like, well, let's put this queen. Yeah. I, I, I'm sh I just feel like they must have had enough valid footage that they could have just represented as this is just who Valentina is. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So that was the Valentina moment. Uh, there was the pep there, there was the peppermint story. Oh, so the peppermint story, that was, I, I, you know, it, it there was an element of it that was surprising to me. You know, the Peppermint story, for, for you guys all know, that she was, uh, you know, on the cheerleading squad and, you know, had was kind of caught cruising one of the basketball players and then, you know, got beat up. You know, they all kind of confronted her in the hallway and she got, you know, the shit beat out of her by one of the players. And all of that felt so... It's that gay story that we know. Ugh. It's that narrative that we know. And there's that sense of, like... It's just pain that has to be overcome. Sure. But what was so fabulous about this story was how it ended. Mm. It was that she said she went to the principal's office and she said it's all the all the glass windows and she's talking to the secretary and there was just this wall of support of people yeah. who were just watching and crying and being there for her. And I thought, oh my god, this is such a fabulous story. Yeah. Like, to know that like that like this theme of kindness, you know, I mean. That doesn't happen very often. Right. You know? Uh, if any, if ever, yeah. ever, ever before. Right. And to be shown an op a possibility where people could gather around somebody. Right. He gets expelled. I mean, there was a lot to that story where you were like, you felt justice. Yeah. And the way that Peppermint told it, you know, I really, ah, God, I, I was so drawn to Peppermint during this story. There's something so magnetic about her right. and there's something so like graceful about her and, and i cannot believe <laughs> that was what they are asking us to do. to do like that was fabulous <laughs> there's something about her that that is really special and uh the, and i think what was really interesting was that when she was telling the story there was a sense that she really had healed from it mm. you know she was just like and that happened and he got expelled and i was still head of the cheerleading squad and right. it it spoke it, it, and I don't know much about Peppermint, but it told me a lot about the kind of person Peppermint is. Sure. You know, uh, and the adversity that she's overcome. Yeah. I, she what a, what a really important queen to have on the show, not yeah. only because she's trans, but because she has a lot of experiences and a lot of she's seen a lot of um, the world. In yeah. a sense, the world of uh, just the world of, of good and, and evil. Yeah. Yeah. The one thing I'll say about Peppermint that I someone pointed out on the subreddit is she's um She's got to start mixing up those looks. We're seeing a lot of big coats. Okay. So, come on, Bianca Del Rio, same dress every runway. Well, she won. Well, and she won, but I um, 
I, I would like to see some diversity in Peppermint's looks, but right. my only critique. Otherwise, I'm I'm really glad that she's still around, and I, I really do want to see her go far because that energy that she's bringing, that positivity, mm. uh, is and equally with Valentina, this positivity and Sasha Valore, these are energies that I really want to see carry through this season yeah. and be celebrated. Yeah, you know, absolutely. So, so uh, we should talk about the maxi challenge, the queer cheer. Uh, before we get can we talk about Sasha Valore real quick oh please so we touched on this before but you know Sasha Valore wasn't in this episode much but uh, she I mean again this theme of kindness really what we've seen since the season has started the most of what we've really seen from Sasha is her really celebrating and um, lifting up other queens you know I mean I think we talked about this in the last episode but when she talks about Aja you know, and she's, and she's not threatened. She says, oh, my God, Aja is, like, the number one name in Brooklyn. She's fabulous. I'm such a big fan of hers. And it's like, oh, my God, like, that's so not what I expected a queen who's also from Brooklyn to say. Right. And, you know, we talked about how with Cynthia, you know, she said that, like, Cynthia is – she's doing this – she's doing her drag with, with beauty and a sense of humor. And that's the type of drag that we need. And I believe it was um, – I think Sasha Vlore had said in the, in the drag queen carpool that she – she does bald because her mother passed away from cancer, and so she kind of does this tribute. Ugh. And I just there was, and I it's I, so thoughtful, right? There's so much. Oh, thoughtful is the word when it comes to Sasha. Yeah, from her drag to the way that she reveres other queens. Yeah. even this, even this runway, right? So, yeah. Oh, you know this. I, you know, because we're gonna talk about the runways later. But like, I will say that like while the the look maybe wasn't my favorite, it, it was a little heavy. But what she said about it was so right. powerful. The commitment she... to showing women who are strong. Yeah. And that was, I was like, uh, oh, that's so fucking uh, thoughtful. Uh, uh. And now, speaking of looks and things she said, there was also the comment she made to Valentina in Untucked. Right? Oh. Where she said that, she said, you look smart and important. Oh, right, 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 right. She and, said, oh, you look beautiful. And then she said, you look smart and important. And I, that, I mean, that right. is a... Well, because, you know, there was that um, viral article, I think, that went around of, like, what to say to young girls, mm-hmm. right, during the whole election. And, and, oh, yeah. And, you know, and, and I think even before that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we have to stop only commenting to girls and especially little girls on how beautiful they are yeah. right we can't say to the girls like oh you're such a pretty little girl right why don't we say you're such an intelligent strong person mm-hmm. right like we say to boys oh hey big tough guy right you right. know which is also problematic for absolutely men. it's it's setting right. a certain standard exactly and a certain like expectation you're describing and it's interesting when people uh you know when you uh, introduce your baby to someone mm-hmm. and, you know, they find out that it's a girl. Oh, she's so pretty, right? And there's right. a boy. Oh, look at this tough guy. Yeah, look at this yeah. little guy. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we just ascribe, mm-hmm. is it ascribe? Prescribe gender and every awful thing that comes to it uh, right at the start. So yeah. I feel like this moment for Sasha to say that to Valentina was cool. It was so cool. And it just shows a woke kind of quality to her yeah well i mean this it's so in character of so many things we've gotten from sasha you know that that whole speech of like what drag does yeah which i i just i i use that line co-sign our fantasies in so many contexts it's oh, such I a beautiful know. way to I talk know. It's about a beautiful it way to talk about it and you know drag can be a catty nasty world you know like it's so much about being catty and cutting each other down and 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 being tough and nasty yeah it's an armor yeah right? and it's, say later yeah yeah it's an armor and i think that to be willing to be kind, like the way that Sasha is, is so much 
more powerful. And it's, and I think that's the kind of drag we need. It's yeah. drag. It's so inclusive, you right. know? Uh, you know, if I, can, if I may just kind of interrupt and talk about Alexis during um, when they were practicing for the challenge. Yep. It was another version of kindness that I don't know if it translated as well as it could have. Mm -hmm. When she was, she said to James, she's like, look, I'm just not seeing this yet. Like, right. you're not, you're, it, it's still not there. Right. Right. Um, it didn't come off as kind. It came off as a little bit like, well, we want to win. But she did say, she's like, I'm trying to motivate you. I'm trying to pick you up. Right. You know, this is, I'm not trying to read you. I'm just trying to make sure that this happens well for you. And, um, you know, and it makes sense in the context when they're talking later in Untucked where Alexis is saying, like, there is so much anticipation building up to this moment. She, you know, just auditioned every freaking season that... I can I get it to be right. there in that moment. It's like we are here. It is the first big challenge. Like we we cannot falter. Yeah, yeah. Girl, you got a self floozy. I'm yeah. not seeing it yet. I want to encourage you, come forward. I did like that phrase a lot. Hashtag come forward. Yes. Michelle. Hashtag subway fish. fish. Hashtag come as forward. Tag a bitch. Um <laughs> hashtag come forward. Uh so come forward. Right. What a beautiful phrase to say to somebody like James. It just took her a little while to get there. Yeah. And I and I understand why. I'm glad she got there, but I understood why she start why her first instinct was to be like I'm not getting what we need from you, right? Because I right, it's like oh come on, yeah, you can do this, and I need you to fucking it's do this. It's one line, <laughs> yeah, and you know in their minds they're thinking they're probably being judged. It's a as a group challenge, yeah, yeah. And, so and it was I just yeah, and it wasn't. Is. I mean and. I guess, and I and it makes sense because I guess James and Kamoro. I always feel like they they judge them individually because they're like, oh, we got to get one from this team and one from the other team. So, mm, so all, we have to do it individually. Yeah, because yeah. if it would, if they were both on the same team, then it, they would. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's efficient, Easy, right? Yeah, send Easy. them. Yeah. So, so yeah, so that's um, uh, but that's kind of pre runway, right? Pre -run, yeah, or pre, pre challenge. Pre challenge. These are some of the things that yeah. were popping up. I for us did. For I do have to say, I did enjoy. The whole montage where they were learning how to do this stuff. I thought there was a lot of funny moments. Yeah. yeah. I enjoyed Shea Coulee immensely. I enjoyed Peppermint immensely. Yeah. I loved Alexis's, you know, she's like, that's not a problem. Right, right, right. To the yeah. face full of ass. Right, yeah. Um, and then Charlie Hyde's, obviously, the ARP line. Yeah, yeah, right. You know, I there was, and I love Trinity. Let me tell you. When Trinity got thrown up there, mm -hmm. it sounded like porn. She was like, "Oh, oh, right, right, right. Oh. yeah, yeah." She was, she was definitely like faking it for the camera. Oh, oh, <laughs> right. It was like porn mixed with opera. It was so fabulous. Yeah. Oh, oh right, 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 right. Yeah. No, it was, it was fun. I mean, it was our. I think what was so great about that was our only chance to see like more about who these queens are. Because in yeah, the challenge itself, we didn't see shit. To see it. Yeah, we're starving to see it. Yeah, and I think that's why Untucked has been such a feast. Is because it's like, oh, finally, I can get to know these queens a little. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I loved Kamora's line. I know Kamora. There's a lot of shade going around Kamora, but her line. She's like, no one does cartwheels anymore. It's not the 80s. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Kimura was just, like, not having it across the board. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she wasn't having the bloomers, which right. it was, I thought was a really funny moment where right. she's like, uh, the slutty ones uh, wouldn't wear panties. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I. Uh, it, it was kind of nice to see, I think, after the first episode where Kimura kind of, because we didn't see much other than the runway, and she kind of came off a little timid. Right. It was like, oh, okay, oh, so this is who Kimura is. Okay. You know? Yeah. yeah. 
So the actual challenge itself, where they it smelled like Queen Spirit, but yeah. he's actually literally gagging. Right. Um, right. The actual challenge. Again, we talked about this before. The editing was so weird. We couldn't keep our eye on one thing. Yeah. It wasn't a runway. And we didn't know. I mean, it, it would have been better if, like, one cheer group went and then the other yes. cheer group went. But they were kind of, like, doing everything at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it just felt like there were moments where, <clears throat> with the editing, where, like, for example, there was a moment where I think they were they were going to be popping, like, Valentina and somebody else up in the air. And you can kind of see Valentina just waiting. So and, – and it's not her fault, but it was like they should edit that out right? <clears throat> so that they're just showing all of the highlights. Well, and my question for any insiders of this shooting process, did they shoot this multiple times? Oh, that's and, a good and, question. And edit footage together? Yeah. Or were they like – was it like a live show where they were, you know – Right. videotaping various angles and right. then use that footage only. It seems like it was the latter and it would have been smarter for this type of challenge to edit it kind of like a acting challenge. Right, right, right. Where they use different takes. Yeah, I, this, I mean... And I still, I'm still going to hold strong on this. I don't know why I would eliminate a queen off of Drag Race because she doesn't know how to do a cartwheel. Yeah, I, I, I don't think that was fair. I just don't think that's like... Because I think, you know, we think about Drag Race as the challenges are all representative of things Rue has done in her career or things that you need to be able to do as a drag queen. Sure. They're these drag skills to build your career. Or it's campy and fun. Yeah, totally. But there's this element of, like, this ties into your drag. There's nothing to do with... with... I mean, rare. Right. There might be. There might be if you're you're a stunt queen. But, like, could you imagine Bianca Del Rio in this? I guess she'd be okay. No, I don't know. Actually, that's a good question. That's a very good question. Is if you think about this challenge in other seasons, yeah, a queen like Bianca, Alaska, yeah, I mean Alaska, like she was at Nobby Need, you know, yeah, yeah it really, it, it it just wasn't a fair evaluation of a queen's skills, right? You know, and they didn't really get a chance to show their skills because it's like, I mean, I don't understand how the judges or the B fifty twos who seemed like they were on a Thorazine drip the entire episode. Oh my god, the B-50 snooze. (laughs) All right, Mary. All right, Mary. All right, Mary. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my god. I was like, what's their sleep number? Yeah. 52? (laughs) Oh man. Oh yeah. They they were just slurry. I mean, they were giving Paula a run for her suit, Oh my god. Oh my god. But like, how could they... Nobody will top Paula. Who would want to top Paula? Who'd want to top Paula? Uh, You're like... How could they even evaluate? Like, how could they even like? I... It was it was odd. It was it was an odd challenge. I mean, I'm not gonna blame the show. I still love the show, of course. And you know, not every show is gonna be perfect. There's still gonna be issues. I still enjoy these queens, right? You know, we're but we're we're podcasting about this to find this stuff and totally. to talk about it. You totally. know, because it's true and it's kind of like, yeah, I was kind of disappointed last week, and I'm really disappointed this week because yeah. I didn't get the lipstick I wanted and the challenge didn't feature the queens that I, in the way that I wanted it to. And so before we talk about the runway, I will say I'm excited to talk about Untucked because we did get to see a little bit more drama and a little bit more nuance. Oh my from these god. Queens. Yes. <laughs> so uh we should move on to the runway. Let's yeah. just talk about the runway Let's... because it was it was interesting enough. It was the white party uh and so what were the what were the looks for you? Did the you looks gag? for me. I think I'm looking at my list. I mean, Valentina's really was fabulous. It yeah. really was. It was she my, I, you know, my early opinion. It wasn't was, my favorite. Can I, I say if, that? No, I don't know if it was my favorite either. But it was, it was, it was a complete look. Yeah. I think my favorite was Eureka's. Oh, 
There's no question. Pants. For me. If you do pants, it's milking time. Yeah, big boobs and pants. And yeah, and, and if you're they're gonna boobs, it, Ed. Yeah, yeah, they're called boobs, Ed. <laughs> like if like, and she even said she's doing this andro- androgynous look. Androgynous. Get that word out. And I love that. Like, yeah, I love androgynous. Oh, I just drag. thought she was painted well. The hair was, you know, that like upside down curtain. Yeah. Uh, I just yeah. I, I love that. I loved Aja's with the mask. Because oh, that was cool. Give me a mask and, you know, reference yeah. Hannibal Lecter and right. all for it. Right, I'll give um, that a... She also did say it was like one of the Illuminati women that liberates herself. And I was kind of like, all right, you got a story, girl. Yeah, that was like, okay. Yeah, and you know, I will say this about Aja, and maybe I'll make a side-by-side comparison. Aja's makeup this week reminded me of... Janet from the Muppets. Hmm. She's in the rock and roll band, and right. she's the one that's like, "Ooh, mother, I don't know." Ooh, I, yeah, God, I, you guys. She, she, she's she, got she, the California accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's got these huge eyelashes, right? And right, this right. kind of bigger snows. Yeah, yeah. So that's for me. I'm like, okay, oh, there's Asha. Oh, there's Asha. Oh, there's Janice. There's yeah. Janice. Yeah. Um. So, and then obviously Charlie Hyde's the Snow Queen I, was a great look. She really. Looked it was good. like, oh, yeah, oh. Okay. She really looked good. You know, and I thought Alexis looked good. I, right. I, I remember the long nails. I don't remember much else. But, I mean, uh, you know, she I looked cute. She looked, she looked, you know. She looked good. I, I liked that she was, you know, doing glamour turned on its ear a bit. And I'm, right. I'm into that, you know. Right, right, um, right. I thought Trinity's was really Well, cool. that's who I was going to bring up next. It was very detox for me in the yeah. sense of showing off your assets. Yeah. Um, and it being futuristic uh, and I love the glasses. I just thought yeah. the whole presentation was really outstanding. And yeah. the outfit itself was like fashion with a capital F. Oh, she poured into that thing. Yeah. Incredible. And you know, I got to say, Trinity, every, I mean, we've seen a lot of looks from her already in two episodes. Every look she has transformed. Yeah. You know, I got to give her that. Like, she really transforms every yeah. look. And, and I mean, not in the same way that Nina does, because I right. think Nina's look was. Really great. Yeah. It was, uh, you know, fishnets and, and yeah. hungry, hungry hip pads. Hungry, hungry hip pads. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so those were kind of my my, my standouts. Uh, yeah, same. You know, the one that I think we can also talk about because she goes home is James's look. It's very Marilyn Monroe. I got yeah. the reference. I thought yeah. she was, you know, it was cute. But it was also, it was like baby state drag again. It, exactly. It was, it was so basic. I mean, you look at Eureka, you look at Trinity, you look at Charlie, you do, you look at what most of these other queens were doing, even Pheromone, which wasn't my favorite look, but there was a lot going on. And then James just comes out, you know, kind of doing that shimmy that I'm not really, it's, it's, it's not reading for me. You know what I mean? Like, I think, I think the self-awareness thing is a big part of it. Like, she thinks that she's doing this, like, fully realized character. But as Ross Matthews pointed out, it's like, I'm getting like 20%. Yeah. And it's true. Like It I, is true. It is true. There's not, it's not what we see in the videos. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's just, I think that that is such a big distinction is because she's a vlogging queen. Right. And that, you know, she's, I mean, when we saw it in the lip sync, I mean, James should have killed that lip sync. It was right, can't yeah, how it was that right was, on her alley. That was James you stay. Yeah, that was like this is James. You proved yourself because right. you were handed the song. Because Kimora did not bring anything to that lip sync. We'll talk about that in a second. Mm-hmm. I wanted to mention one moment when they had the queens uh, for judges critique, mm-hmm. and the one moment, and I know we love Ross Matthews, mm-hmm. and maybe you can you know call the social justice police on me. All right, I'm sitting up. Yeah. Uh-huh. So. Uh, he says to Valentina, he's like, you know what? Keep it up. 
Or as you say in Spanish, oh, I don't know. I don't know what that means in Spanish. Or I don't know how to say it in Spanish. And for me, okay, it was funny, but the punchline, if you think about it, the punchline is, I'm white and ignorant. And I don't know if that's funny anymore. Yeah, I, I know. And it kind of othered her. I know what you're saying. And it's like, I also think, you know, and I know that, like, Ross Matthews' husband is Mexican, and I'm like, I know that he doesn't really actually feel that sure, way. Sure, I don't, I know that. But I'm saying, I'm just wondering if I'm reading this properly, or if I shouldn't be reading it at all. You know, I, I hear what you're saying. I'm not even disagreeing I'm with you. I'm also not Latino. No. Latinx. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not that. No. So, it's, it might not be my place, but I think about young people watching this show that are of color and I, I wonder well it's like he made the choice to make the joke it's, it's less about whether he knew how to say it I don't think that and I know that you're not saying that he should have known how to say it right it's more that he made the choice to make that joke yeah and that the the joke was that he doesn't know how to speak Spanish right and I hear that I think that there's an element of self-deprecation that okay. I, I think okay. lends context. Great. I don't even disagree with you. I just think that the, the saving grace is that... I mean, if my husband was Mexican, I'd make sure I spoke some Spanish. Totally, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think that, like... But, like, that's just me. Yeah, and I think that there's there was something about... There's something about the context of the joke that is either lost or... Maybe it's just... Maybe that's what it is. Just the context of the joke is lost. Or I'm just reading into it and I gotta let it fucking go. Maybe. But I think at the end of the day, Ross Matthews was making fun of himself. Sure. Right. Okay. More than anything else. More than anything else. Yeah. Cool. So they do the lip sync and, uh, you know, Kimura... James, I felt, embodied the song more because of his look. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. just moved more and to me, she had a funnier tin roof rusted oh yeah no she did i mean and that's like that, that's where you win the lip sync that's how do you do the tin roof rusted like if i'm doing that lip sync i'm like how am i gonna do tin roof rusted yeah and right james just kind of looked like she had like water on her face she She's did like, it like well she did it kind of like she was at a bar mitzvah right or a yeah, wedding yeah and that song comes on yeah and i leave the room yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah i'm like oh i need to go see what's outside yeah yeah i need to go pretend i smoke um yeah, I I really think that if James had tighter moves and more intention in how she was doing it, she really could have killed yeah, this. She, or she could have been better than Kimura. I mean, it didn't And I will much. say, again, to read the editor of this episode, or editors of this episode, it was not lined up. And I know that they were lip syncing properly. Oh, you know what? Someone else mentioned that on the subreddit, that it was like the lip syncing didn't seem to line up with it the audio. It was not lined up. Hmm. And I'm like... In a lip sync challenge, right. that's your only job. It's your only job is to show precision. Yeah. And I don't... Fired. Right, right. Fired, <laughs> William. Um, yeah. It's our crossover RuPaul's Drag Race Under the Tuscan Sun podcast. Very Fired, William. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I, I, you know. They're and, called Boobs Ed is our Aaron Brockovich that's, podcast. Yeah, they're called Boobs Ed is our Aaron Brockovich uh, podcast. Um, oh, we talk about the world of Aaron Brockovich and, uh, and the paradigm that Julia Roberts has created, created with, with this movie. With this, yeah, with, with that push up bra and that possibly unearned Oscar. Um, oh, stop it! Well, I think Ellen Burstyn got robbed. Oh. That's all. For, um, Requiem for a Dream. Requiem for a Dream. I believe that's... I think Requiem's that for a Dream. Yeah, Requiem's for a Dream. Ellen Burstyn's was in that. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to be on television. Oh, the red dress. Oh, but I'm going to be on television. <laughs> my son, he's going to take me. Oh. Oh, God, that that's monologue. That's my Ellen Yeah, it was beautiful. <laughs> the other thing that should have sent Kimora home was, of course, 
the finger guns. Oh, right. Bang, bang on the door. Not bang, bang with a gun, baby. Yeah, right? Like, I don't care if, if she did the bangs on the beat. She was nervous. It was fine. It, I mean, it was certainly egregious in the sense of, like, you didn't really think about this. But, like... I would have been I would have been nervous like bang 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 fine fine yeah. it's not that bad it's not that bad but it was just like I it was the only thing that that saved Kimora and I actually I don't think anything Kimora did won her the lip sync I think it was a choice of who do we want to see more from I don't think anything Kimora did won her the lip sync well I think the tin roof rust it was a really cute moment with the legs and I, then she did the t- it was it was the teeth I, it was. <laughs> it was too little too late. It was I get good, it. but I, I just get it. I, I knew that they were going to keep her. They should have both gone home. To be I, perfectly honest with you, they should have both gone home yeah. and then it would have made sense because Cynthia came. Exactly. You know, I actually expected that. I when like halfway through I was like, yeah, I think they're both going to go. Wow. Yeah, I think they're both going to go. I I was waiting for that. Really? Yeah, I was really surprised. You didn't mention that when we were watching it. I was holding my breath. I you was were. just like, Got it. yeah, I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to taint anyone's experience. Taint. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> Can I say? T apostrophe ain't yeah, your business. <laughs> exactly. Taint your business, taint Mary. Taint your business, Mary. That's <laughs> why so I didn't say anything, because taint your business. Um, so, so okay, so James goes home. We talked about the clip of the week. Uh, yeah. I, You know, she's human. Be kind. Absolutely. Yeah. I hope that we're being kind. I think that we are. I mean, I think... What James does, we love. I mean, the the and, and I watched the What's Your Packin. Oh, me too. And I production re- value. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> they went from that like the hotel room. Right. They know, go to a set. <laughs> it's like you know, there's their like you know their their nasty leftover tissues Ugh. on the nightstand in the oh, background. Gross. Gross. <laughs> you know. Gross. Yeah. Fistful of Jergens. You know what I'm saying, Mary? Uh, you got to pass the time somehow. <laughs> they don't have their phones. Um, <laughs> So, but so the, yeah, the the, the Watcher Packet had hashtag production value, but I really appreciated uh, what James was saying about like she's trying to keep these old drag names alive. She says you by saying these names, you keep them relevant, right? And and we've talked about this with James before. This is a queen who knows her references. This is a queen who respects, you know, like as Latrice says, she's she knows where the song is coming from, you know, right, like right. she she respects the history of drag. She knows why she knows the foundation that was built so that they could be on TV right now. And she's doing really important work to bring that to people. And the way that she does it with the, with the fast editing and being on YouTube and vlogging is a way to reach audiences who are, who are going to forget who all these other old drag queens are. Right. And by using that style, she can get their attention. And so I think that the kind of drag that James does is really important and really great. Is it good for Drag Race? Maybe not. But there's a lot of fabulous queens who are not great for Drag Race. Right. You know? Completely. So Well said. Uh, I would have loved to see more from her. I would have loved to see Rebel Wilson on Snatch Game. You know, I, I would have loved to see James's storyline be that she came out and, and came forward. Yeah. I really would have enjoyed that. I I don't know how much more I'm going to get from Kimora other than that she's a bitch. But she's that character, you know? Yeah. I would not be surprised if Kimura went home in the next couple episodes. Mm, honestly. Yeah, oh, I, I can agree. I yeah. can agree. I mean, she does have this... There is a touch of thinking about her mother. She mentioned that in The Untucked with her mother's cheekbones. 
oh. and her kind of her her heritage, yeah. which could be her storyline. Yeah. Um. And she, she, you know, during Untucked, she she got a little emotional. I did really appreciate. She, she that. believes in herself a lot, and I think she's a she she's realizing she is a little in over her head. Right. So yeah, maybe she'll sink or swim. Yeah, totally. I think the next episode is really about sink or swim. Okay, so we should talk about Untucked. Let's get to Untucked, where I think there's there's a lot more. I mean, I mean, both episodes so far of season nine, we've just we're relying on Untucked to yeah. get what we're here for, right? You know, um, what do you want to talk about first? I, I I'm looking at my notes. This is probably not a big topic, but um, I want to just get your your opinion. Eureka, this is we've seen a few times where she's been like, oh, I thought I was in the bottom. I you know I didn't think they'd like me, mm-hmm. and it. It's so Jinx Monsoon. Well, it's it's so kind of what they accuse Jinx Monsoon of. Mm. Um, do you believe Eureka's self doubt? Do you believe that she really thinks that she didn't do well? Because I feel like all these other queens who's just like, girl, are you fucking kidding me? You are. You look unbelievable right now, and you did a fucking split. Do I believe her self doubt? Yeah, I believe her self doubt. Yeah, I think that in that context, mm-hmm. you're in your head. The whole time, fair enough. You're probably not thinking clearly, and I guess I could I could understand the idea that like like you know Thorgy Thor, it was like she was she was like this. She always thought she was in the bottom. It was like, right. but I could see that idea of like in my mind I did well, but I'm just trying to get this this thing done. Mm. I have no idea how it looks. I don't. I I think it's fine, but then objectively it could not be good at all. I I I guess what this is speaking to is that Eureka really is a fabulous queen, and. I do expect her to go really far. And so it's so surprising to me that she has such doubt when she's she's killing it on the runway. I mean, she can look around that room and know that she's got one of the best looks. Yeah. You know? um, yeah. She, she's in that challenge. She knows that she was given – she was doing moves that other girls couldn't do. Right. Um, so I, I just – Eureka's a really interesting figure. I think there's a lot of things around her, um, ways that she's being regarded – um, oh, we can talk about that yeah. for sure. I, I, before we talk about that and how she's being regarded, I want to talk about Alexis. Because I think Alexis took center stage yes. during this Untucked with three different instances, right? With Eureka, yep. with James, and then at the end with Charlie. And mm-hmm. so with Eureka, Eureka basically said, like, you know, there's two people that yeah, annoy me the most, and Alexis, you're one of them. Right. And it's because you're condescending. Yeah. Uh, and... I thought it was interesting, Alexis kind of standing up for herself. And the what she said I thought was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Was she's like, listen, I am in my head, and I, it is very intense in there. I know how crazy it is in there. Yeah, yeah. like, it is it is crazy in there. Mm-hmm. So if I come off that way, I'm sorry. Right. But, like, there's been a lot of anticipation. And I, for me, that was a wonderful explanation for, hey, listen, I, it's not condescending. I, I'm really fun. I... I'm just I'm just super fucked up right now. Yeah, I'm just freaking out. And yeah. I like that she said that I'm and sensitive. It's good be, right. Oh sure. I mean that there's something about that that felt like what I agree with what you're saying. Like that was a really good answer, but there's something about her saying I'm sensitive. I guess it's just this thing there's it's this vulnerability factor. Right. I appreciate when someone can recognize their own sensitivity. Yeah. And I think that I can I mean I think it's the level of empathy that then that can stir up. Like because I'm sure of it that Alex is freaking out oh i mean you audition every season you finally get on and you're like oh shit and it's season nine right i mean the caliber is so high yeah and it's 
I like I totally get it. I totally get it. Yeah, um, it was it was just an interesting interaction that they had. Um, mm-hmm. The other one that I loved, which was almost our clip of the week, was when James was talking about how he uses drag as a coat of armor mm-hmm. to protect himself, and um, his drag is bigger than life because he's kind of a smaller person on right. the inside. Right. And then Alexis comes in with RuPaul branding to a T. Oh God, yeah. And says, but. Who you are as James Manfield is you all the time. Right, you always have You this. can do that all the time. Yeah. It's just yeah. up for you to access it, right, in yeah. so many words. So you are that armor all the time. And I, I love that moment and seeing that mm. kindness come from Alexis. Yeah, you know, Alexis is really getting this kind of, like, mama bear vibe. Yeah. And I love it. I think it's, I mean, again, this theme of kindness just keeps running through, and I think that, like, there's something about it. I don't know. I guess I'm just you know when I was saying at the the, the top of the episode you know of all, of all right Mary um, about RuPaul and and the the historical context of kindness right now the importance of kindness right now we are we're living in a time where kindness especially you know around politics is out the fucking window right. and there's something like really nice. In a, in a like in a current events context to see people be like lift each other up and support each other I also think in the context of gay men you know the velvet rage I I think to see gay men embrace being kind to each other this is different this is not something we see on TV right like when you like I think of you know I think of queer as folk I think there's a cattiness there I think of um these bullshit reality shows like this new fire island one or right. or the a-list and it's all about you know the these catty bitchy queens the burns. the burns and i i just think that like for it to be a bunch of drag queens in a room and to choose kindness yeah like i mean at the end of the day though marketers and ratings people would say that kindness isn't interesting. I know. I know that. I know, and I know that like the drama's got to start because like and that and there's a whole. Go back to Party City where you belong. Right. I mean, like that. That's what's iconic. The about... fights. Yeah, feuds. Yeah. There's a whole show right now about feud. Right. No, it's true. Like that's what sells. That's what the sound bites are. That's you know we quote those all the time. I mean, I I, I get that, but I think to make the choice on a human level to mm. be kind to each other, and I think Alexis is really. She's choosing that. She's really choosing that. Yeah, she is consciously, yeah. For and sure. I think that Alexa is also very aware that she is on a TV show uh-huh. and she's creating a yeah, persona. She's smart. And she and 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 maybe it's because you know I not that I know Alexis, but like kind of there's this sense of like oh I know you right. Uh, there's this feeling of like I'm I'm watching her from that level of like oh so what are you doing Alexis? Like I'm not just watching her as some queen I'm getting to know. Mm-hmm. I kind of know that she's doing that. You know what I mean? I'm kind of aware because just like th- things you've told me about her, like just that this sort of background knowledge of Alexis, uh, I kind of know that she's very aware that she's on TV and she's taking this opportunity and she's crafting a persona and she's aware of what she's putting out. And, you know, I think that moment where Eureka called her out as annoying, it was just like, or as condescending, it was like, oh, I got to do damage control on this. Yeah, this I saw her sigh. She went, yeah. Right? Like, okay. And there was another thing that actually she was, I didn't watch it, but she responded to recently is when she said about James being, you know, this is season nine and James is more oh. like season one. Right. And I think on like Instagram or something, Angina commented, like, well, what does that mean? Like, do you mean, do you think the season oh, one girls are like a less shit. caliber? And, you know, and, 
this the subreddit was like girl take it easy like she's not what she's saying she's just saying like on china is looking for us yeah and like let's call a spade a spade season one season nine do you see a difference i do it just is what it is it's well rupaul's wig and makeup well that's this episode Certainly, there's no difference. <laughs> that I would say would be a dif- shade. Yeah, shade. That that definitely is a throwback. But uh, the the level of drag and the the nuance of drag and, and the diversity of drag and the intricacies of drag that we're seeing in season nine are are different from season one. All you have to do is watch the two seasons. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So I got what Alexis was saying, and I know that she responded to it recently on like Facebook Live or whatever, but I didn't watch it. Um, Alexis Lives. Alexis um, Lives. <laughs> that's her Facebook Live. Yeah, yeah Facebook. Alexis, Alexis, Alexis Lives. Facebook Lives. Um, yeah. So the other third person that she kind of, I thought, brought up was Charlie. And I love this moment because this is very Alex, where he just looks at her. He's pointing with those nails and he's like, you're not going anywhere. Right. You like, can't leave you me with this. these bitches. Yeah. You're not going anywhere. I mean, do what you need to do. Learn your song. But you are not going anywhere. You're not leaving me alone with these bitches. Yeah. And I was like, okay. I, like, mm, yeah. Mm, well, you know. Hug me. Yeah, right? <laughs> well, you know, that, that brings up something that I really, I I noticed in this Untucked, and maybe even the last one, and I think it ties to something else, but when some of these queens like James or Nina or Charlie, when they're kind of feeling a little in their cups and a little down, a little insecure, what I'm noticing is what I call aggressive affirmations. It's like yelling out, girl, no, I live for you. Girl, I live for you. No, you're amazing. You're amazing. That's not helpful. Right. It's not helpful. Somebody just needs to be heard. Yeah. They just need... They just need to be heard. They do not need people to run up to them and get in their face and say, girl, I'm, I live for you. It's like, well, I don't give a fucking flying shit what you think about me. I yeah. care what those people out on the, the judges panel think about right. me. So I'm glad you live for me, but you're not the one deciding if I'm going to go home or not. Okay, yeah. And it comes from a really good place, right? Like right. It comes from a really good place of like, I want to support you. I don't want you to feel this way. But it's not helpful. It's kind of like... It's sweet... I, it, it, it adds energy to you. It's you like know that somebody's behind do, you. What? It's like what drunk people do when they get into like serious conversations. I, I've had friends like this who, like especially like early 20s, where people would get kind of like wine drunk and get a little like soupy. And yeah. it would just be like it, this this rambling tangent of trying to like... I don't... I, I hear what you're saying. And for me, it I would rather it be there in this context than not. I know. She's going through it. It's like, okay, Alexis is going to she's going to bring it down for you. I think that what Alexis did with Charlie in that moment was different. Okay. It was like a, it was a private moment. Yeah. It was not aggressive. It was an adult thing, but when you're all in the group and everyone's just oh, yelling at yeah. you. Yeah. No, no, no. You know, no, no you're amazing. No. You're amazing. And, and you know, that brings up our next kind of point, right? Where there were three instances during the untucked where people were told to shut up yes. because they were talking over each other. That's the a... first was Cynthia where she's like, okay, everybody shut up. Right. Right. right? And then it was, um, when the, when the, the top and bottom girls came back. Right. Was like, everybody said, shut oh, up. No, sh- 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 listen, listen, listen. Yeah. I want to hear from you. I want to hear from you. Right. right. And then there was the different one, the different one where Charlie tells Eureka, can you shut up? Yeah. I gotta tell you, I for some reason it was like this this like empath moment. I knew exactly what Charlie was going through. Right. I knew exactly. She was just like, "Can you just shut up for a moment? Like, I might be going home right now. I I need to get my shit together. Yeah. Like, I don't need this right now. Right. And and I just, even though it was kind of a harsh moment from Charlie, and I felt bad for Eureka because I could see. There was this thing where she was like, "Okay," and then Eureka's being accused of talking over people. She's like, "Um, 
you want to be the pot or the kettle here. Right. We're all talking over yeah, each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what I wanted to talk about with Eureka was I – I'm so surprised that she's being accused of talking over people because Nina's doing it, Alexis is doing it. They're all doing it. Mm -hmm. Because what I'm sensing in these early Untucked episodes is that they're all very aware of being on TV. They still remember the cameras. Like that thing you talk about where they would have like the evaluations and the students would remember for about 10 minutes that the principal was in the room. Yeah, exactly. We're still in those 10 minutes. Right. They haven't forgotten the cameras are there. Right. They're hyper aware of it. And maybe some of that is like a sign of the times. Like mm-hmm. they also know what's happening yeah. right now. Is yeah. They're giving material to brand them. Right. And they need to get airtime and they need to like – it's very aggressive right now. Sure. Um, and I think that it's coming out as talking over each other. It's just so interesting that like Eureka's the one getting shut down whereas I don't even feel like she's been the most aggressive one. Yeah, I I agree. And it kind of talk, uh, it. it touches a little bit on um, what Dino Sarma was telling us in an email, which that's we right. can't get into this episode. Yeah, because that'd be like Did a I whole segment. Wrong? No, no, that's his name. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Um, we can't get into this episode, but there is an instance where bigger people are treated differently. Yeah. And it's maybe they're easy targets or maybe they're just no- – It's you noticed when the fat girl is speaking because right. you're like, oh, the fat girl keeps talking. Right, right. And you and – you, there's there's a in a learned or an ingrained kind of disgust or intolerance yep. to when those people want to have a viewpoint or mm-hmm. an idea. Yeah. And I I wonder if if that could be this dynamic or if it's just yeah, she talks a lot, you know. Right. It could be that. Yeah. But there they were all very quick to jump on her when she was trying to defend herself. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, it's something I'm just gonna be paying attention to this season. Yeah, is how they treat Eureka. How they treat Eureka because I don't want to jump to the conclusion that it's like, oh, it's because she's a bigger girl. Because I think of a queen like Latrice, I think that she bucks that trend uh, in terms of she's a big queen, but she she was also one of the oldest. And maybe that's what it is that she. I think that she commanded the conversation differently. Right. There's a grace to Latrice, obviously. Yeah. That's, that's Eureka doesn't have. Eureka is a little she's bit. Young. She's younger. Yeah. Yeah. There's that. There's that. Um, and Eureka is very mindful of, of getting in a lot of punchlines, you know? Right. You know, like like we talked about earlier where she was, um, you know, she was talking about, you know, if I don't if I don't make these costumes or whatever, then I can't go to the buffet I want. Oh. It's kind of like the whole cuckoo thing. It's like, Eureka, you got to stop. Right. Like, I don't care. I don't, like, I don't... Stop referencing your weight. Like, yeah. it's cool. Yeah, I don't right. care. You're, a, you're an amazing queen. Right. And, like, there is... Plenty of room for big girls. Right. You, know? you can make other jokes. You can make other you can jokes. Keep those jokes. Okay, fine. Every once in a while. Right. Remind them that you're fat, you know? Right. You can use that. But like every time you use that, it's like, well, you're pigeonholing yourself. And this is a queen who said in her Mate the Queens, I like to do and wear things that big girls aren't necessarily allowed to do and wear. Sure. Well, then, girl, own it. Because that is a selling point. Come forward. Come forward. Yeah. Come through, big girl. Come through. All right. Well, that was uh, interesting talking to you face to face about yeah. the episode yeah. uh, and watching it with you, obviously. Um, I thought we would maybe kind of wrap up with uh, just some loose ends. Yeah. Well, because you know, normally we have kind of our mini features at the beginning and then we kind of dive into the episode. But I think season nine so fresh people are just like like give it to me give yeah it to me. and yeah. we're the same way yeah. but we didn't want to leave out some of some other news and features and things we wanted to talk yeah, about yeah so well. i wanted to just uh kind of quickly follow up on something we discussed last week about logo and its relationship with world of wonder now mm-hmm. 
this past week I got some tea uh, and some really good information and lots of things cleared up for me mm. and us about uh, World of Wonders relationship with Loco and yeah. you know ignorance is bliss but we're on a podcast and I am just going to amend kind of the things that we were thinking about and wondering about so this is what I learned mm-hmm. um, World of Wonder owns Drag Race Right, right. That's right. World of Wonders show is Drag Race, right? And it sells it to different networks. Mm-hmm. So it sold it to Logo to air as its primary network, right? right. In the uh, in the U.S. However many years ago, mm-hmm. back in two thousand eight, two thousand nine. So it sold it to Logo, and Logo was like, "Sure, we'll do it." Right. So while it was selling it to Logo, it was also selling it overseas to non-U.S. networks, right? Mm-hmm. And it's retaining all the profits. World of Wonders retaining all the profits from selling it overseas. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it has it on Logo and has it on all these, all these different networks overseas. Untucked used to air on Logo after the episode in the U.S. Right. But then when Logo was like, you know, taking a turn, mm. um, they didn't want to pay for it anymore. Mm-hmm. So they said, you know what, we don't, we don't want to pay for this anymore. But World of Wonder still had this show right. that they still wanted to do. So what they did is they moved it to YouTube while still selling Untucked. Two other cable networks that still wanted to show Untucked, right. which is why our Canadian listeners are like, oh, yeah, Untucked's on after the show. Right, right, right. It's not just YouTube for everybody. Right. Yeah. And as you learned when you were in Barcelona, yes. is that you, you YouTube, YouTube block, it's blocked on YouTube. Yeah. World of Wonder blocks Untucked on YouTube. Yeah. So I, I had to pleased. I had to, you know, MacGyver the yeah. episode of Untuck to You, which Ugh. I won't tell people how I did it. No. No. Um, <laughs> nobody needs to know that happened. Um so anyway, so that's why uh, Untucked doesn't air in Europe and why it airs on YouTube here and why it's on TV in Canada because World of Wonder just sells it. It's just something that it vends. Mm-hmm. So Logo, I learned, makes suggestions sometimes when it was, you know, on Logo, it used to make suggestions, but basically all decisions were made by World of Wonder and Rue. Mm-hmm. And, and they, I mean, they own it, right, right. after all. So, like, right. it's their show. Right. So when they shot season nine, no one knew that it was going to be on VH1. Wow. Um, everything that you see isn't as if they knew that it was going to be a wider audience, which is something I don't think we were thinking about. We yeah. were like, oh, they know this is going to be on VH1. No, it's not the case. Yeah. They just thought this was going to be another season. Mm-hmm. So they still thought it would be the same. And then back in January, VH1 made this like strategic shift. This is what I learned. They made the strategic shift and decided to take on Drag Race. Wow. And it was just, it, it wasn't like the head of Viacom, but it was, you know, some execs under it that were just like, no, we're going to, we want to shift our our strategy here yeah. and we're going to take on Drag Race. So there you have it. And, you know, many people at Logo didn't find out for a very long time. And this also explains why there was lack of promotion, mm. why there was, uh, you know, not a lot of kind of hype before the season. There, I mean, granted there was for us, right. but that's that's not on VH1. VH1 didn't do that. There was all RuPaul and World of Wonder creating these videos and creating that hype right. and doing all that. There was no uh, tour that they normally do. Mm. Oh, sure. I guess th- I forgot about that. They do some kind of like, you know. Were you? I think you meet the queens. Huh. Because, I mean, they had the premiere party, but like that's, you know. It was in one place. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and that makes a lot of sense about how they didn't know it was me on VH1. They didn't know they are going to be reaching a more mainstream audience. You know, I was emailing with one of our listeners, Sarah, and she made a really good point. She's like, this is such a weird introduction to 
so many new people. I mean, the the first episode of season nine, it was like, you know, a million yeah. people watched it. But this is such a weird introduction, even this episode as well, um, of what Drag Race is actually like. Right. Like, I'm like, oh my God, they saw a cheer challenge? Right. Like, I hate that all these new people think this is what Drag Race is. But they couldn't help it. It's in the can, as you said. You yeah, know? exactly. Um, so, yeah, I, I, interesting to kind of clear all that up. Um, yeah. But it, it, I think that was, that really stuck out to me that, like, oh, this wasn't produced as like, oh, we know a more mainstream audience is going right. to see this. We know we have a bigger platform. Right. Not the case. I don't think it would have justified this terrible episode. No. <laughs> um, so the next segment we have for you that we want to bring to you is our, obviously our reoccurring, All Right, Amanda. All Right, Amanda, which is our segment dedicated to all things Squirrel Friends, the world of Squirrel Friends, and the paradigm that Nick and Amanda have created with this little podcast. <laughs> I'm getting better and better at that. Yeah, you are, Mary. Um, so I, I wanted to – there were two things I know I wanted to talk about. One, uh, I wanted to just give public kudos uh, and encouragement, and I hope it's going to be a part of – We obviously we're recording probably at the same time, but I hope it's going to continue to this next episode – of Nick's spot-on impression of Valentina. Oh, sure. It's great. I Because it was so, like, I was so glad that they were hearing this, like, affectation of hers, and he totally got it. Yeah. You know, these these actors, they know how to, you know, they're just acting, you know? Um, they know how to do this stuff. But I um, I just wanted to say, I, I, during, I think, when they did season three, Amanda had this Carmen Carrera impression that she would bring out that was really oh, good. Okay. And so this season, it's all about Nick's Valentina impression. Okay. So, Nick, keep it, I'm keep it up. publicly encouraging you to please keep it going. Keep it up. If I could say that in Spanish, I would, but, you know, I don't know Spanish. Oh, burn! <laughs> uh, so we should also mention that um, Amanda went to go see Sunset Boulevard, yeah. which I also saw, and I have to tell you, Amanda, that scene in the opening of the second act, when he comes out of the pool and he sings that whole song in a Speedo, I mean, I flooded my basement. I slipped off my chair twice. Wow. Wow. Your playbill was soaked, girl. It was soaking wet. You had to just, like, hold it over a fan. Oh, my God. So, anyway, Sunset Boulevard was fantastic. It's actually um, one of the largest orchestras that Broadway has had in a while. Wow. I think it was 40 pieces um, on stage. And what they did is they pay all those union dues and right. didn't pay for the big set that everybody was looking forward to with, like, the moving staircase or whatever. Oh, because when they first did it, they had, like, it was, like, a two-floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. they didn't do that. They did. They just had a huge orchestra, which I thought was fantastic because while the lyrics for Sunset Boulevard suck, the score is outstanding. Is it? Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, no. Um, and Glenn Close, yeah. It, the, the show stopped every single time she sung. Oh, wow. And... W we stayed on our feet for many, 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 many minutes at the end. She kept coming out for like five minutes. Oh, miles. good. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was, okay. it was pretty outstanding. So yeah. I'm happy that you got to see it. You have to see uh, Amanda. You have to go see The Glass Menagerie. Yeah. I mean, Nick, if, I, it's worth coming in from Pittsburgh Ugh. to see it as well. I mean, both everyone. Stumble John. Ugh. Like Sally Field. Oh, my God. She just... There is this. She just loses her shit at the end. You know, I, I, no, I, I can't. We're not gonna give I can't even. I can't. There do are justice. so many surprises in this show that you don't think are gonna happen. Yeah, <gasps> I gasped three times during this show. Yeah, there's there, it's there's something so haunting about it. And you know, and it's yeah, it's anybody who's in the New York area or is going coming to New York soon. The Glass Menagerie is so worth seeing. Yeah. I think if you've seen it before and you're familiar with it, it might be Bad. a better experience because yeah. it is just a very specific interpretation. Right. But as we said before, it, there is a drag element mm. in Amanda Wingfield and that reveal that yeah. is 
just fabulous. All right, Amanda. All right, Amanda. All right, Amanda Wingfield. Um, and I do want to say, I mean, obviously we'll find out, you know, when we when we listen on Monday, but um, it seems like Squirrel Friends and I, Nick and Amanda, I think that we are all, you know, we're all on the same page about these queens. Yeah. I, I think that it'll be interesting to see if we disagree. Like, it's kind of fun that we're all going through a season together. Right. And right now we all agree about the queens. Yeah. And, and, and it's like, oh, are we going to disagree at any point? Yeah. Are these All Right Amandas and Merry Minutes going to be just like, well, listen, <laughs> I know you seem to think that, you know, Sasha Valore is everything. Oh, she is. Uh, if they, Nick and Amanda, if you don't like Sasha Valore, this is over. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, well, that's all right, Amanda. I think that's all right, Amanda, this week. Um, yeah. The other things happened in this in the news this week. Oh. Uh, Gia Gunn came out as trans, which is fabulous. Yeah. And I'm so happy that she's uh, supported in such a way that she can do that. Yeah, I was thinking about that this morning and, and how – Obviously, being trans and drag are two totally different things, and right. I'm not equating them. But what I what I do think is really great is that there is an entry point into into knowing or recognizing a trans person. Like people got a chance to get to know Gia Gunn, the drag queen, and kind yeah. of like as Gia, as Gia, and really kind of fall not for Scotty, her, right? Yeah, and I kind of love that. Like, oh, and and now there's there's somebody in the media who I really like who's trans. Like yeah. there's an entry point to getting to know a trans person. Right. That isn't Caitlyn Jenner. That isn't Caitlyn Jenner. Yeah. And uh, it's it's really it's great to see the way that like Drag Race has given us so many public trans figures who aren't Caitlyn Jenner. Right. You know. Um. It it's just and it's especially with Peppermint right now who, you know, it's interesting that it hasn't really come up yet. And that's okay. I'm not. I don't have a problem with that. Um, in a way, that's kind of cool. It's come up, you know, in the in the promos. She's talked about being trans, but they haven't made that her whole story. Right. It didn't come up in that cheerleading story. Right. You know. Um, so it's just nice to see. Like this is just another contestant on the show. She's she's not that she's just like everybody else. Everybody's unique, but like she doesn't have to just be the trans yeah. queen. Right. You know. Right. And that's really important too. Um, there's an evolution there. Like when a gay character isn't just the gay character. Yeah. So. Yeah. He was really happy to hear that about Gia. That's... You know, in other news, um, Gilbert Baker died. That's right. He designed the pride flag. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Which is, I think, noteworthy and yeah. important for it, people to know. It's worth mentioning. Yeah. Um, and um, there was yeah. a drag queen, a New York drag queen, Sweetie, who just oh, passed right, away, right. Um, yeah. who is a, you know, a big figure in the New York scene. So... You know, uh, rest in peace, end, guys. Ends of eras. Ends of eras. That's kind of what it feels like. Yeah. Exactly. It's ends of eras. Um, I did want to bring up Candace Cameron Bure uh, posting on Instagram her wearing a Not Today Satan shirt. Ugh. And I don't think we should talk about it, but the only thing I have to say is, how rude. <laughs> All right, Mary. <laughs> All right, Mary. So anyway, uh, that's, that's all we got. Well... I think we only have one more thing uh, that we have to talk about, which is, of course, our last chance lip sync. Yeah. Which is our episode closing feature where we like to highlight a song that we would love to perform a lip sync of or we'd love to see a queen do. And you don't know this, but I've decided, which you, well. Oh, because I decided last night. Oh, well, I did too. So we're. Oh, gonna, okay, good. Oh, I'm so, well, it was my turn, but I'm so glad sure. we're picking the same song. <laughs> We went to a party last night, and there was some karaoke going on, and there was one song in particular that was just always a welcomed addition, and I, we both were like, oh my god, this needs to be a fucking lip sync for yes. your life. Yes. For your life. life. And of course, it is only Alanis Morissette's You Oughta Know. Can you, you imagine? Know. <laughs> oh, oh. 
I live. So we leave you with a song that, of course, we're all very familiar with. But thinking, think about two queens lip syncing to the song. Ugh. Get your life, girls. Get your life. Until next week, guys. Thanks so much, and we'll see you soon. Bye. 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 Bye.